0: welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out, magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited. To remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you.
1: Welcome back to the Igniting Consciousness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine here, and I have a phenomenal guest on here today that I'm so excited to have a conversation with, especially in relation, obviously, through She's a Midwife. And we're going to go deep into this, uh, this conversation here, me personally, as a First time mama having to go through a different a different way of finding the type of midwife that was a good fit for me and what I wanted to know about and how I got the information, not already having the information being a chiropractor and working with a lot of pregnant women and then also pediatric once the babies come out. And so this is just going to be a phenomenal podcast for all you mamas, dads, whomever, and plus all you other chiropractors out there that are listening to this podcast. So you can really be able to know how you can guide your patients to wonderful resources so they can have a physiological birth. And what's crazy is I have to say physiological because natural nowadays gets greenwashed basically, right? So nevertheless, I have Marin here with me. Marin Green has been attending women as a midwife since 2009. First as a licensed midwife and now as an independent. We're going to go into that. Autonomous midwife in Kentucky. Marin is well known for her international association for the Indie Birth Association, which serves and educates women and midwives all over the world. She has co-authored a book about Indie Birth and recorded almost 200 and counting, probably more than that by the time we're recording this right now, 200 podcasts, and her podcast is Taking Back Birth that encourage women and midwives to rethink what they have been taught and reconnect with the ancient wisdom in combination with current research and knowledge. With Margot, which is her partner in the Indie Birth Association, Marin has co-founded the first Indie Birth Midwifery School in 2017 and released her first book, Indie Birth: A Story of Radical Birth Love in 2019. Maren has been taught by witnessing hundreds of undisturbed births, the best of which have been the births of her own 10 children. Marin, welcome to the podcast today.
2: Thanks, Natalie. I'm so honored to be here. Can't wait to chat with you today.
1: Oh, wonderful. Yes. So let's just go into it. And that was one of the big things, as you if you didn't hear this, as I just introduced you here, she is a mama of 10. Okay. So not only does she attend births as a midwife, but she really knows how to deliver babies. Okay. So let's just open this up. I just want to get a brief little introduction of like, how did you find yourself like wanting to become a midwife? Was it maybe spawned from your own birth?
2: Yes, for sure. To be brief, just because 10 birth stories is a lot, uh, yeah. our first birth was a hospital birth, and that was planned to be that way. We didn't know very much. Uh, it was also almost 20 years ago, so there wasn't the internet and all of that really in such a strong way. And it was an okay experience. Of course, it was a beautiful birth, our first daughter, but there were a lot of things that I obviously didn't like, and I wanted to be different. So our second was uh, our son, Egan, and he was born at home. And this was kind of a last-minute choice, as funny as that sounds. But we lived in Chicago at the time, and we basically had to find an underground midwife. It was all very clandestine and sort of mysterious. But the birth was amazing, and after his birth, I was just left wondering how to experience that more often and how to maybe... Help other women feel so powerful in that experience so that was the beginning Wow
1: yeah and I can just say personally I mean without becoming a midwife I definitely had a process that I had to go through in order to find the type of midwife that was a good fit for me so let's talk about that as well because very specifically you are a you're a licensed midwife so probably still licensed in other states. So let's talk about the difference between being licensed and then being an independent or community midwife and the different languaging
2: around that. Right. The full story is in our book, as you mentioned. So if anybody wants to get the whole scoop, um, our book's on Amazon and you can read the whole story there. But basically, yes, I used to be licensed. I was licensed in the state of Arizona. I'm not anymore, but the back story there, and this is where you might want to read the book, is that I was trained essentially as a baby midwife under midwives that weren't even able to be regulated. So this was mainly in Illinois at the time. And so underground midwifery, you know, then and up till very recently was a huge part of the culture because there wasn't even licensing available. So I say this because that's how I grew up. As a baby midwife, I didn't see rules and regulations, um, you know, messing up people's births. I didn't see the midwives I work with ever transfer care, hardly ever, not for political reasons. So it just wasn't in my awareness at that point that politics and birth and regulation and the government telling you what you can do in your birth was really a thing. I just didn't know that. So fast forward a few years, I finished my apprenticeship. What I did know was that in some places being unlicensed was very difficult. Being an underground midwife is is hard and I saw the teachers that I had in Illinois be pursued by, you know, the state and and have to kind of run and hide. And so I didn't want that for myself. I didn't know that I also didn't want to be licensed. All I knew at that point was I didn't necessarily want to be underground and hiding because I saw how hard that was. Um, so we moved to Arizona, which is a mandatory licensing state for home birth midwives. And naively, I was just so excited to get that piece of paper. You know, I worked really, really hard for many years. I did all the formal testing. Um, I busted my butt for, you know, five years in total in an apprenticeship And at the end, I was so pleased to be a licensed midwife in the state of Arizona. I thought this meant that more women would find me. I was so excited to advertise openly. There seemed to be so many benefits. After about a year and a half of being licensed, I realized that the exact opposite was true. And I was really humbled, I still am, to think back on this adventure that I went through, which basically was... Um, being in a legal battle with the state of Arizona over my license. So I had attended a VBAC or a vaginal birth after cesarean at home. There was not a bad outcome. It wasn't really about the birth. It was just that at that point, licensed midwives were prohibited from attending VBACs at home. So they kind of made an example of me. And at so many points along the way, I could have just lied. I could have, you know, had it Kind of like submitted to them and just said i was sorry but i wouldn't do it i realized that i had been in the dark all of this time as a licensed midwife i had been clueless as to the fact that i was more responsible to the state and to my license than i was to the people that were paying me money to be their midwife and as a birthing woman you know during that time i had my sixth baby um, I realized how important it was to me just as a woman to be supported in whatever I wanted to do, that I didn't want the government telling me I could only have a certain kind of midwife at my own birth. So, you know, this went on for many years. Again, the story is in the book. And I came out of it just knowing I never wanted to do it this way again. And so the state of Arizona offered to settle. They really, I think, were just kind of Teasing me the entire time, you know, I spent a lot of money. It was very stressful and they were just going to let me keep being licensed uh, But I didn't want it and that was really profound again It came after my sixth birth, uh, which was a free birth And I was so sure that my new path was going to go somewhere else And I wasn't sure where I really wasn't sure how I would work as a midwife without a license because we're told oh, you can't do that, and oh, you'll wind up in jail, and oh, you know, oh, this and oh, that, but I knew in my soul I could not keep going in the way that I was, so I gave my license back, and I think there's the letter I wrote to the state of Arizona online somewhere, um, and I was really, really happy and excited and nervous to send them this letter and just say, I don't want it. You can keep it. Um, Women, you know, there's a lot of women that don't want this, they don't want what you have, they don't want to be regulated and I won't participate participate in it anymore. And that was 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. That is
1: literally the experience that I had and I can say I have a knowledge base and I had resources for me to find a midwife like yourself but here in the state of Arkansas but how many women listening to this podcast right now, and why you created indie births, which we're gonna get into next, uh, that don't that don't know that, you know, like we literally like based on whatever's thrown at us is the information that we receive, or for what gets passed down, and I can tell you, majority of what gets passed down generationally is there's a hospital for a reason, you know, there's these other things for a reason, let alone home birth, so right knowing that like gosh the the trials and tribulations like my heart just goes out for you midwives because I just I even know with the midwife that I've worked with and what she's been having to go through having licensure in states all around us you know what I mean and each state is totally different and it's just asinine if you ask me yeah. obviously so I, I my heart I'm just kudos to you for standing up for that and like standing up not only for you but like standing up for the women that you're serving okay and so cue me in and cue the listeners, in I'm assuming that's kind of part of why you and Margot came together to create indie Birth. so how like how did indie Birth being a baby
2: itself its its own entity right? How was that birthed right? It's such a great story too, I think, because it's all about timing and just serendipity. Indie Birth started as a print magazine, and that was before Margot that was when I was a student in Arizona. It was kind of my project, you know as i um went through the motions of becoming a midwife. It felt like something creative that I could do for myself. So there were articles and all of that kind of stuff. And that was fine. It was great at the moment. But once I met Margot, which directly coincided with this whole adventure I just described about the state and the license, um, everything changed. And of course, we didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that Margot was so fiery and believed all of the same things even though she was a lot younger she obviously wasn't a midwife she was just curious about midwifery um, she had some history in college studying things like gender studies and politics so you know now in hindsight she was the perfect person she was the perfect partner to eventually develop because she watched me go through all of that. And I think she already had these beliefs, right? She already had these beliefs about government not interfering and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but she got to kind of live it alongside of me. So once I was through the worst of it, so to speak, came out the other side, and I knew I would still be a midwife, I had to find a different way, that was really when it felt like indie birth was born for both of us. Because we realized not only was there so much education that parents needed that women needed but also midwives and then you know fast forward a bunch of years later um we developed the school to try and create more of these midwives because there's so much to know i wish it weren't that way some days i wish it was simple and you know babies are just born and midwives are easy to find but it's really not so uh through the years we've just continually inspected these beliefs and tried to stay really true to our own voices and what we believe. And we love to offer just really amazing content to people so that they can learn and find their own power. And if this is what they choose, you know, if they choose a midwife at home, that's great. Um, if they don't, because that's not right for them, that's also great. You know, it's really opened up, I think, the conversation and the possibilities uh, with the work that we do, because it's really about just finding your own power. You know, that's really what it comes back to. Yeah,
1: very much so. And that's the basis behind the work that I do, even within chiropractic for men and women alike, where I just want to empower people to trust the innate intelligence within their bodies to be able to heal, to be able to birth, to be able to live the life that you love because we weren't here on this planet to just work, work, work and, you know, not enjoy life. Right. And so. Within that, we just gotta we gotta come back into the essence, the soul essence of who we are, and like trusting in the creation that we are, right? Without getting spiritual, esoteric, or you know, anywhere on it, It's just it is what it is. It's fact, right? right? Right. It's it's like spirit and science come together, and that's another thing is I'm really wanting to bridge that and really empower definitely women in the birthing and pregnancy community because as a neurological chiropractor and seeing like pregnancy and then like pediatric, I can't tell you like I could tell you, like every other mom that I'm seeing in my practice, they're not being empowered. They're being disempowered, is what's happening. And I only have so much time with them as a chiropractor. They're coming to me because of just stereotypical low back pain, you know, pubic bone pain, helping to make sure if they're, you know, I'm not saying we flip babies, but I didn't, like do a particular technique to help allow the baby to physiologically get in the positioning that it needs to get in when mama's comfortable, baby's comfortable. So, but I can't have that conversation. As it's up to them. Like, they need to empower and, like, spread the knowledge. So I want to bring the resource. And, like, Indie Birth is, like, a perfect resource for them to educate themselves. Because even the birth educators in our area are, they're fantastic, you know? But at the same time, they're not hearing the information what you guys share. So, if you wouldn't mind kind of opening up, like, I know you have your 13 Moons course. Is that a newer course that you have that is separate from the original Indie Birth? Or is that, Part of it there? Um,
2: 13, uh, 13 Moons, moons has, has been, around been around for a, for couple, a couple of years. Of years. We, we had, had an had older childbirth course called How to Have an Indie Birth before that, but I think it's been a couple of years. 13 Moons is everything we would want our clients to know. That's kind of how we came up with it. So it goes from preconception, you know, if you think of the 13 Moon cycle being the childbearing year, you go from preconception all the way through, obviously, a pregnancy, and out the other side into the postpartum and mothering. So this class, this online course, literally has hours and hours and hours and hours of all kinds of content about that entire journey. There's also just a really great community of other women all around the world that are in the course. There's a virtual circle. In fact, I think we have one this week. They're monthly, and women who are in the course can come and participate in that. And the best part is that as of about a year ago, we decided to experiment making this course a pay-what-you-can. So it was almost $500 when we started it, and it's totally worth that, probably more. Uh, but, you know, we wanted more women to have access to this information, and we trust that it will come back to us as as we need it to, you know, and really being generous has felt so good. So for $20, that's, I think, the lowest we allow people to pay, they can get access to this course that probably will change their lives. Um, We've had people take it, you know, again and again through multiple pregnancies. And even if someone's had a bunch of babies already, there will definitely be things in there that maybe they didn't know or wanted to explore more so of course I think it's great um, but I think the women you know have spoken and it's just been really popular and really helped us reach more people obviously
1: yeah yeah very much so I mean obviously I I found you guys I found you guys on Instagram so they have a very strong presence on Instagram and What I love about it is that you show it all, like the beauty of birth. And for those that think that there's not bloodshed or, you know, whatever it looks like on TV and you being pushed on a gurney and everything's so sterile, you know, everything, (laughs) you know, and poop's involved and everything. And so what I love is that you bring the, the empowerment, like, through the beauty of the physiology of the body of what it really looks like and you even present that on your Instagram page like without even paying anything but I will say absolutely it's worth five hundred dollars because I even like I mean that's about how much you they charge for education courses like here locally right right and you know it could be done online or you can be doing it in person depending depending upon how they're treating things within right. the COVID era right now you know what I mean which I have a, that's a whole nother conversation that's a whole, other thing, yeah. that's a whole nother thing we're probably on the same page with it but either way um so with that but at the same time it's like they they're very cautious and what I love about you is you you're raw and that's like that's what people need to hear they need to hear the rawness and like it's not saying that like it's there's any any aggressiveness no it's like it's the empowerment theology like the whole time because knowledge is power I always tell my clients, like, knowledge is power and it aids in the healing process. Well, knowledge is power and it's going to aid in your birth process. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, knowledge and truth and integrity, I feel like all of these things go together and it's just really important that we're honest about the birth process. You know, it is so beautiful. And it's an initiation. Like there's the entire sacred and spiritual aspect for sure. So there's so many ways to go, you know, when you're looking to talk about it in a way to invite more people in. And so that's one way. But I think just the way it works is really simple. Um, I teach a free workshop here, and people do teach this workshop elsewhere. Our workshop, this indie birth workshop, uh, but it's a free three-hour thing. I do it every couple months here, and that's such, I think, a gift to the community because um, it's not about me. It's not really even about home birth. It's just about the way birth works, and we show birth videos. Thankfully, so many mamas have agreed to share them. They're so thrilled to share these videos. And people go away with something to think about. And so everything spirals out from that. They watch these births and they see how they feel. And then, you know, maybe they'll make a change. Maybe they'll make a change in their location of their birth. Maybe they'll make a change in who's on their birth team. Um, People can't make the changes or make the choices even when they don't know the options that they have. So again, you know, it comes back to that. What, what does birth look like? What are the possibilities? And once you get people excited about that, then I feel like they're also more motivated to figure it out. You know, rather than just saying, "Oh well, this is just how it, you know this is how it is. We have the one hospital, whatever, whatever the story is."
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And you, I would presume that. And so you have those videos that you even show within the 13 Moon courses, right? Yeah. And so it is so, so powerful. No matter where the, where you're at, mom, moms that are listening in right now, or even chiropractors, or even the other, like other types of facilitators that are listening to this podcast, like it would be, it would behoove you probably for yourself to watch this, maybe for your own family. Um, So that way you can also be aware of the fact that, okay, like here's the different types as far as like licensure, community, independent. And then also the variations, because everybody's, and that's the other thing, and you being a midwife, I'm sure you'd say every person's birth story is their birth story. Absolutely. And they're all different. And in watching many, many births, like, because I can say being that one, like, being certified in, like, pregnancy and pediatric chiropractic, like, I've seen birth videos from the training that I've gone through. But the typical average person isn't going to see those types of videos unless they seek it. So I'm going to be who people like definitely seek it. You clearly can get it through the indie birth like indie birth courses and so more than you have other courses other than the 13 moon courses
2: because you also help training with other midwives, right? Yeah, so we kind of have a lot of things going almost always. Uh for sure, you know, educating mamas. We both practice as midwives in our own communities, so we're actively doing that. And then in the last couple of years, we've been training doulas and also midwives. So the Indie Birth Midwifery School is probably older by a couple of years. So we've been working on that and, you know, enrolling students all over the world for five or six years. And the doula program, it's called the Birth Warrior Project. That's been around for, I think, two or three years at this point. And as a shorter program, that's only four months as opposed to the two years of the midwifery school and having a similar effect. So we have women that want to be doulas, people that don't even know what a doula is, um, up to women that are experienced doulas and have taken many trainings and really feel like something is missing or something is lacking or they don't have this, like, sacred business aspect to their business or, you know, working as a doula in their community. So we're excited about all of those things. It's so... um amazing that we get the privilege to do that every day and just help other women figure out how to do this in a way that feels really right in their communities because we're needed everywhere. More midwives, more doulas are needed everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. There's
1: even parts here in Arkansas and probably in every state where, you know, they're smaller cities or maybe they're small enough to be considered a village that their their options really aren't expansive at all other than the closest hospital or something like that. And so There's several other things I want to go into because, gosh, you guys are just an absolute wealth of knowledge, and sure, people can get into it. You know, obviously getting into the courses and following you on your social media platforms, getting on the newsletter, and everything. However, what I am intrigued in too, with people that want to do a free birth. Couldn't you be facilitative with them and their free birth? One, because they need the education in order for them to want to do free birthing. And I'll have you describe what a free birth is for people that are like, what are you talking about a free birth other than it financially being free, so to say. (laughs) Um,
2: If it is even that, but
1: yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I ended up having a free birth and didn't plan it that way personally. And I had a breech birth for my first one. So my first birth first birth was a was a free birth breach birth in the bathtub in my house called didn't notify my midwife in time because you I've heard now that breech births are considered silent labors because they go from zero to 60 like that yeah and if you're lucky for sure and I was in complete denial when I was in preterm term labor of thinking I was term labor that could last for days for all I knew and uh, clearly it was just a couple of hours because I was in active labor. Wow. <laughs> so midwife, oh and that's what I want to get into. So just so happened with my midwife, she was forced to have to utilize video chat, FaceTime in this case because she was 40 minutes away by the time I notified her that I'm having this baby right now. Is actually my husband that notified her. And so she's driving in the snow, like Coella deville with a little like hole in her like you know just defrosted area in her window, driving and FaceTiming at the same time, so I'm just like the things that you midwives do, you know what I mean, to be there and to be present so she had to not only like she like she had to be able to like recognize what was going on, and of course, this is the funny thing, like told my husband, let me see her vagina rightfully so. <laughs> So he was like this kind of like I had got to take the phone and stick it you know toward my right. my wife's vagina she's in the bathtub right now and And describe you know like what was going on and just to give that confidence like I was fully confident And I didn't like I quote did my homework as a first-time mom and being educated with my background and everything but still I needed her as a support even if it was basically in this case virtually right and remotely so I'm also thinking, like, if she was able to do that because she wasn't physically there, like, you could facilitate people doing that too for people that are having free births, and maybe they want you as a midwife. Could that be something that you could do? Then, I mean, not saying like that, call like call you during the time so that way you can help facilitate and give that confidence for mama and for their partner at right. the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah. we had a lot of oh, inquiries. From women and families families that that maybe don't have a midwife either at all or one that they really want to hire where they live. So we do a decent amount of virtual prenatals. I've been doing them for a long time. Um, You know, I'm usually like pretty booked up with those from women all around the world. And most of those women honestly aren't having free births. They might be seeing a doctor. They might, you know, they have a midwife. But maybe there's something specific they want to focus on or, you know, talk about like the sacred aspect of something or other, you know? So there's a very specific reason usually that they book them. But over the years, there have been people that you know have said like, hey, there isn't anyone here. Um, would you maybe be on call? And my answer always is maybe. Like if I get to know you really well as much as I can, right, online, I know your partner, um, if I feel really great about that, then we can maybe work something out where I'd be willing to answer the phone, but I'm very clear, and I have this in a contract as well, that is not midwifery. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one thing when you've hired a midwife and you already have a relationship like you did, and sometimes the baby comes too fast, like, you know, and everybody just does the best they can. But to me, after lots of thought, I don't really think it's midwifery. It's maybe a different kind of support, and maybe that's just right for somebody. But I think just being really honest about the limits, especially for a first baby, because I think people intentionally planning free births for their first baby, um, I don't think it's the greatest thing, mostly because support is great. And, you know, it sounds like you were really supported because that wasn't actually your plan. But for people that that is their actual plan and they really are kind of going at it alone, um, there's too many variables. So if someone calls me and they're like, well, I've been in labor for three days, you know, what am I supposed to do over the phone? Right? And there's right. nothing There's nothing I can do. There's not a way of assessing where they're at. There's not a way of knowing how their baby's doing. Um, so again, you know, I think it's not totally off the table in this day and age of people kind of like living all over the planet and just wanting support. But being really clear that to me, that's not midwifery. I think midwifery is a, a very intimate relationship. And usually you wind up at that person's birth, you know, usually. And even if you don't, right, you had someone to call in the postpartum, you had someone that like really knows you. And I really would love to get back to that. So with our midwifery school, that's our hope is that there will be more women around the planet that can be this in-person, you know, knowledgeable, intuitive, wise support rather than um, like this rise in free birth because people don't have options. I think yeah. that's sad yeah and that's
1: exactly what it is, like bingo on that one. it's because because they don't have options and they recognize enough that I don't like the way it's going with this system right now right. so I'm gonna take you know take it into my own hands, which absolute you know kudos and love and support for that, but we're also in the day and age of technology, and we can utilize social media to our advantage of being able to get courses like what what you guys have be in the community, like the communities or like the indie birth community that you guys have. So that way, they can talk to other women, and who knows, you know, what can happen from there to get them get them the support that they need. So leading into that as well, or furthering into that, so you obviously like you're able to support like all the birth teams. So all people that can be part of the birth team, which you can people can learn about that from the doulas to like you know postpartum doulas as well. And I'm sure. And then the beautiful thing is like having them communicate with one another, especially if they're going to be in the same place at the same time. So that way everyone knows their you know, the roles that they can play and how it can be facilitated beautifully but then there's you know fourth trimester right postpartum so do you have education around that too like moving into you know breastfeeding and then the variables around that because there are so many variables around that right you know whenever after mom like it's a beautiful process with having the baby and you move it into that portal literally it's an opportunity as a mom to go through that portal and you've obviously had the opportunity multiple times many times but then supporting them once they have that baby out there too so they're kind of like parenting education and everything as well
2: Yes, in 13 Moons, there's all kinds of information from, you know, vaginal steaming after birth to pelvic floor health to pottying your baby. Like, there's so much information in the course to continue to support people. One-on-one, personally, here, um, it's always been a huge area of interest to me to support people as best I can with postpartum preparation. You know, I think there are a lot of midwives that don't for whatever reason, and the baby's born, and they're just kind of like, well, guess we're done now, you know, uh, let's weigh the baby, and I'll check in every couple of weeks, and truly, you know, it's not a job that is only for one person, so sometimes I find myself wishing I could do more, um, but you know, you can't be the only support for a postpartum mom. You can be a really great support, but I think we need, like you're saying, more. We need more of a team, a postpartum doula or just a birth doula that will do postpartum visits, a community that's supporting the mom and the family with bringing meals, um, you know, friends, friends to have around to tell your birth story to and to cry to, uh, friends that have breastfed are even better. So, you know, we do work on that with women one-on-one, just how do we... How do we make your support, uh, fully functional as you approach having a baby? Because I can't do it all. You know, your husband can't do it all. It really has to be a group effort. And even with that, you know, you're gonna feel whole. Like, that's sort of the truth of postpartum, in my opinion. I've been through it ten times. And it's hard. It's hard, and I am better with it every time, but there's still areas where it's like, wow. Uh, I'm a new person again, you know, even the 10th time. I'm a brand new person. I have no idea who I am. I have no idea who I want to be, Um, you know. So it's just kind of like these honest discussions for women too to be like, yep, you're in the void. We don't quite know (laughs) where it goes from here, but I'm here if you need to talk, you know. I am so
1: happy that you just mentioned that. And that's because, I mean, like me personally with that, like clearly you know what you're doing, (laughs) right? But I mean, it's so... Spiritual mind body spirit whenever that happens and you bring this new beautiful soul into the world that you like you said like you're in that void of like what am I doing how am I doing this even though you've done it nine other times when it came to your tenth birth right there but it's still every single one is absolutely different and having that exposure still is incredibly helpful you know what I mean you watching other births and having your own birth and then the mom's watching these videos with all these variables it, it's what I love is that you just shared the fact that like we're human and that it's it's normal, I'm putting air quotes right there, to feel lost for whatever amount of time.
2: Yeah. But
1: having that community and that support is what's gonna help pull you out and say, Hey, this really is normal. You're not alone,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, I know, and it is hard because it's like I also don't want to normalize things like postpartum depression or the fact that like some women are really struggling and it's not in the confines of normal, Um, but generally speaking, you know, if women are having undisturbed births, if they're feeling supported and all of that, it's still gonna be a time to figure out. And again, I think it comes back to community, which is really something I'm working on here. Uh, We have a mama circle now where the pregnant women come and sit with the postpartum women. Like what better than that to see like the full circle of the experience and to just share stories. Like that's really what I think we have to get back to. So I love virtual stuff. We have a lot of virtual stuff, but I think it comes back to like in-person you know, being able to hug another woman and, and hold her baby for a minute or nurse her baby for a minute if she needs that, whatever, and, you know, just really kind of get back to how we used to do this, which I'm learning, too. I don't necessarily know. I feel like it's it's every day of like, oh, maybe this is how it used to go.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Right. When people were out in the woods and community and, you know, prior to like the witch trials of what, you know, midwifery like was cast you know what they would recast it as and everything and you know that would be a whole nother conversation so i won't start going into that but (laughs) i mean but but to to bring it back because what don't you i feel like there's like a quote and obviously that's like the theme as you're wanting to bring birth back right i mean that's your podcast title it's taking birth back or
2: yeah
1: right and so the days before we had our beautiful containers of our home to do this like it is a beautiful thing to have your birth you know to be in like to be in community in your house but like before all this like how was it done women have been birthing babies for eons right and we've lost touch and sight with that and that's just one one minutia as I like to say of where we've like totally removed ourselves from our soul essence is when it comes to birth and bringing new life into the world let alone when it comes to healing and health and living life so I am just so excited that you guys that that you you the mastermind that you're putting out there and yes there's only two of you in the indie birth I'm sure you probably have a team as well so the more that you guys can continue to spread and for those that are listening to this podcast like recognize that, okay, we've got, you've got this resource where you can reach out and like get in, you know, get enrolled in the course or just follow them on Instagram until you're ready to get enrolled in the course or do whatever, gosh, for 20 bucks, I mean, hello, like, all, <laughs> right. we can do that, we can do a lot more than that, you know, and, and support more and more women because, you know, I we're in a patriarchal society and uh, it's shifting. And so in the empowerment of women through birth and through them going through that soul essence or the, the rite of passage of being able to experience that in a beautiful way and having that community and bringing it back to whatever normal is and, and for, for women not to have to have a depression like you said because that's why I don't want to like declare it out there to the universe and say that like it's normal for you to like really get like, you know, st- stamped on when you come out. Like, no, it doesn't have to be like that and the more that you have community and knowledge and trust and that support of being with other people and around other people hopefully more in person because we need that intimacy that physical touch and with the schooling that you're doing to empower more mid people that women that want to become midwives or you know who I mean I guess but do they still call it midwives with if a man becomes what is he, a, what is he considered so yeah, yeah. i yeah. think they
2: are just yeah. called male
1: yeah. midwives yeah male midwives and so as we start to wrap this up with this, and so that brings pe- more people in the communities globally and all over the world that have this confidence to help facilitate and yes, normalize the whole community involved with the birthing and pregnancy process. And um, what I what I will say too is that also within the courses and people that you're working with is working with the variation
2: of normal of breech birth
1: as well, correct? And yeah, yeah, he loves we
2: Breach love Birth. Breach uh, we, have we have a, a workshop, workshop coming up in, up in April, April with Dr. 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 Stu Dr. Fishbein, Fishbein from, from Los Angeles, Angeles, who's a breach, breach expert from um, home, home Birth. And he'll and be he'll here be for there. a whole we'll day after our military skills workshop that Margot Margo and, and I teach to you, teach breech birth, birth, to have a hands-on skills workshop because there really is the lost art of breech birth. Right, So you experienced it kind of untouched, which is awesome, and you know, most of the time that seems to be the way it goes, but when it doesn't, even at home, there's ways we can help and there's a way that it needs to look. So the resurgence of breach education in the last couple of years has been phenomenal and I think that's really important because doctors generally don't have the skills anymore anyway So if you walk into a hospital with a breech baby, uh, you're probably going to get a cesarean because the newer doctors just are not trained in how to deal with that. So midwives, I think, are largely the ones that are going to keep that tradition alive. And, of course, women. It it needs to be the women, obviously, like you, that are like, well, uh, I'll just be here doing this um so women need to maybe want that option and then midwives are are one group I think that will be able to keep that art alive and you know be able to help when needed with that yeah wow
1: yeah Maren I could go on and on and you know just wanting to like ask more questions and add it all in but to wrap it in here as you said you have books out there you have courses out there you're all over social media but before we end this podcast today are there Any final parting words or anything that you'd just like to instill or share with other women or even other um, other professionals out there before
2: we close up today? Just follow your feelings. I think when we think about births, we get in our heads, whether we're the birthing woman, or maybe we're the partner, there's a lot to know, and that can feel overwhelming. So on one hand, yes, there are things to know. We have tons of education. But actually a lot of our education really focuses on helping people reconnect to what they already know. So it's not an intellectual learning, it's like a remembering. So if there's something that entices you about any part of this conversation, about anything you've heard, my encouragement would be just to investigate it. Even if you're a chiropractor and you're like, I don't even know what they're talking about, um, just find out because it will take you somewhere. It will be useful to you at some point. I don't know for who, but you know, there are other generations coming up behind us that also need to have different options and a way to be led so maybe it's not you today that's going to be changed by this maybe you're done having babies but i think it's just really amazing information to pass on to people and to let them decide and that really spreads like wildfire. You know, not having this huge expectation necessarily, um, not saying, oh, everybody has to have their baby at home. I really don't believe that. I think if more people were connected to their own wisdom, they'd probably choose that uh, but that's not even the point. Like, let's just reconnect people to what they already know and trust that they will make the right choices for them. So, I mean, that goes for everybody. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful parting words on that, yeah.
1: And I'm just standing behind that 100% with that, going and tuning into your own innate wisdom. So yeah. with that, thank you so much. I'll for sure put it in the podcast notes and as far as reaching out to you on the social media handles and, and what we've included on there, is there any other areas where we might not know where they can find any of the information that we've talked about today?
2: Uh, indie birth dot org is the main website indiebirthmidwiferyschool.org is the school website and like you have said social media pretty much has all of our links and you know there's all kinds of podcast apps and all of that to access all the podcasts so thank you so much i think that's everything that yeah. is
1: all right well you have a fabulous day and until next time Marin. all right thank you
2: mm-hmm.
0: thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast I hope you received lots of value out of it as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine. That's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening and now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time.